0: <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Top Pros Podcast, where we actually interview some of the top realtors in the country. Uh, today, I'm really, really excited. I'm actually going to uh, talk with somebody who's actually pretty local for me. It's all about an hour and a half away. Um, they work at one of the bigger red, uh, red companies that are out there. We call them Keller Williams or KW, which I worked at at one point in my life. Um, now that I'm a recovering realtor in the mortgage space for the U.S. Bank, I'm a mortgage loan officer where we actually don't just deliver Great products and service. We also give you 30 years of experience, knowledge, and support. Um, first of all, uh, Kenny, Ing, I really want to bring you out. I just want to, you know, without, I don't want to leave it in the green room. Come on in. Say hello to everybody. Um, give us like the, give us the one minute soundbite on who Kenny is.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here with you and to, you know, share with you guys. Um, So I'm Kenny Ng. I'm based out of New York City. We're more focused in the Queens, Brooklyn, and Long Island markets. Been in the business for about the last eight years. And uh, we help buyers, sellers, investors, uh, landlords, tenants with their investment properties. And um, yeah, we just try to do our best and um, it's been great.
0: That's awesome. So let me ask you a question. You mentioned, um, you know, I didn't even think to ask you that, but you mentioned uh, investment properties. What's your mix between investment properties and regular residential, you know, uh, you know retail retail business, if you will?
1: I would say still 80, 90% is the bulk of our business. It's going to be like buyers looking for their first time home, for okay. their home sellers that are downsizing, upsizing. Um, 10, 20% of it is investors. A lot of people have been looking and it is, you know, they've been looking for opportunities in commercial spaces. They've been looking in terms of like business, use, mm-hmm. and leases, and that's something that we do a lot of and more and more as time has been going on.
0: So- Um, I'm just curious. I mean, like, you know, one thing I left out in the intro, which I think is important for people to know is, um, you know, when I met this young man, they, I, I was on a zoom call and he was in his car going to another closing, um, because he became the number one in the region for closed volume and closed sales, um, in first quarter of the region. And I mean, that's a big accomplishment. I mean, you've been in the business about eight years, you're, you know, north of north of $10 million in volume. That's a, that's not an easy achievement. Um. How much of that was buyers versus uh, sellers do you think? I would say it's a
1: pretty 50-50 split. Um, I never like, you know, sought out to like just Mm -hmm. hit really big numbers or anything like that. A big portion of that first quarter doing 10 million is really just, um, a big part of it was a few commercial deals. Like we had one really big commercial deal and, uh, you know, just a bunch of more transactions that kind of added up, you know, we worked really hard for our buyers and our sellers. And, you know, it just kind of all came through for the first quarter for us. The first few, well, let
0: me ask you a question then what over the past, um, what was the progression from, for, for the past, like, let's say, like, since COVID, right? Because during COVID was kind of like, like a quirky kind of time. Yeah. And Obviously, people understand the market is kind of crazy. So after COVID, which is probably about a year or so, maybe two years now, what were you doing? What were you doing 18 months ago or 18 months ago on average in a month? Uh, like for like how many units a month were you doing?
1: So for the last two years, we've been pretty stable and our business has been growing. Um, mm-hmm. just for example, last year, we did about 36 deals. Okay. And- put up about, you know, we put about, we put up about 24 million, 25 million just in 2022 last year. Um, transactions wise, we've been consistently steady putting, you know, to putting two, three deals on the contract every month, seeing okay. you, know, you know, one or two or three houses every month and helping like, you know, so that's just kind of been a steady flow.
0: <laughs> so, so, but if you went from three to four now, right? Cause you did about 12 units in the first quarter. That yeah. means you increase your business by 25%, which is not a, it's not an easy thing to do. Yeah. So what was the secret sauce? What did you do differently in the first quarter that you didn't do in the prior, in the prior year?
1: So I had tremendous growth really because of leverage. So, mm-hmm. um, after COVID that was the first time I hired Rachel, which is sort of, she's my marketing assistant. She's okay of a buyer's agent you know so i taught her everything i knew so she's kind of like taking after me and she's you know Basically it's been myself for the last six years. And that was, you know, obviously it was a much slower growth. Like I I compounded, I did like, Hey, three, four deals my first year, then I did eight and then 12. And then eventually once I hired somebody and I had, you know I'm starting to build a resemblance of a team we're building more structure. We're building more like um, systems and models putting that more in place. And what really changed was just adding Rachel And that's kind of a key component because you can, if you're looking to go far, you can never do it yourself. You need people on your team that's reliable and you can't hold back. You have to, you know, give them your all. So I had her shadow me, like she was literally just like following me every step, you know, every phone call, every email I see her on it. So she kind of basically learned everything that I knew for the last year and a half too, And, um, you know, leverage was a big part of it. Number two, it's just the compounding effect. Because, um, you know, as a younger agent, I've been working seven days a week, like, you know, for the last eight years. So it just slowly started to compound and COVID really just snowballed, you know, it really wasn't any like secret sauce. It was really just a lot of hard work over the years. A lot of my clients do come from referrals, like more than 60, 70% of them. Mm-hmm. So that's just a natural progression. As you, you know, work on more and more clients over time, they just call you back and they refer friends and family. And it's about doing the right thing by them. So that's what we try to so, do.
0: That's a great, uh, I'm so glad you brought that up actually about past clients and reports. What's your daily routine look like? Yeah,
1: so my daily routine really is, um, we try to touch upon, you know, say so wake up, I try to wake up um, around, 8 eight thirty 30 usually not a really you know not like some of the you know some of the uh you know millionaires and like really really big producers they would give like 4 a.m 5 a.m i tend to be a night owl so i do work to the later hours like one or two usually so you do um, the
0: reverse actually
1: I do the reverse so that's when i actually get like it's nighttime when like all the showings are done and all i got back to everyone that's when i can actually like get back to all emails and the follow-ups and everything so normally it's just a lot of follow-ups you know kind of really touching my spare um during the early mornings from like 9 to 11 12 and then from there i usually set my appointments from 12 to like 6 7, 8 even so usually i try to reserve my mornings for like prospecting for following up with leads for you know and after that just checking up on all the deals flow you know the bankers you know touching bases with someone like sean great bankers and attorneys and really just sure everything
0: just flows let me ask you this I, I i don't know if you remember this do you remember the question i asked you when i first met you when we first talked the, <laughs> i asked you i asked you a very specific question because you're at the inflection point i called it you did yes do you remember what that question was no i
1: uh It was. I said.
0: I said. I said. said, You're at an inflection point where either you're going to implode because you're managing whatever you did in the past 90 days, or you have to put systems in place in order to grow to the next level without going backwards to go forwards. 100%. So did you did you put something else in place besides Rachel, or or and or are you still growing, or we're still? are Are you like? Are you kind of doing this a little bit because you're trying to manage that? you know, to the next, to the next level?
1: Honestly, I would still say I'm still like in between, we're still working on a lot of building a lot of systems and leverage mm-hmm. um, part of it. I have my VA, I have Rachel now. So we're, we're expanding. I've got, I've bought on bar two more agents, buyers agents. So we're really building that model out like a full-blown team. It's. it's the, the VA that you mentioned,
0: how long has a VA been in place? That VA is about a year. Yes. About a year so so that um and how long has rachel been in place she's been about a year and a half so you're right there by the way because um just in my experience of working and coaching and teams and mentoring and all that stuff especially when i was a kw i did a lot of that as a a one-on-one go maps one-on-one coach we kind of figured out that whatever you're doing now doesn't show up for for 90 to 120 days right Hundred percent. Yes. Um, but with a team, when you're building out a team, usually that first six months is building phase. It's
1: yeah. You keep step back to go two steps forward.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So you sometimes you got to go slow down and go faster. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is is that if I look at the progression, you're right on track. Like it it, it takes it takes three to six months. You, you you maybe got lucky that you found the one out of out of like seven people because typically it takes about seven seven people to find one person, hundred percent actually be a good fit. Yeah. Um, and then Doug, let me ask you this: Did you do a diss test or anything or any kind of profile test um, with the people you? I working? did. I dissed everyone. That's not my that's first. VA. <laughs> so that's
1: not my first VA. I had two or three before that, but it didn't work out. It was just like a month, a few weeks. Right. So. The hardest part, I think, to this is, hey, if you're trying to go from like an agent that's doing zero to a hundred thousand, even like a hundred to two hundred thousand, the next leverage piece is really the leverage, and it's people. Right. You know, that's what's right. going to bring you to the next level, and that's really the hardest part to all this.
0: They you ever heard like, the expression? It's not. It's not what. It's As a matter of fact. That was what I said to you. Yeah. At your office, I said, I said, it's not a what, or it's not a what. It's not a system. It's a who. Yes. And I- you know, because like, if I say to you, okay. Make me a list of all the all the. There's roughly 41 tasks or 42 tasks in a real estate transaction. A yep. sheet that I had at one point. Yeah. And if I gave you that sheet and I said, okay, write on the sheet all the ones that are you and all the ones that are somebody else who's doing it. The vast majority of people um, that are at that zero to 25 units. Yeah. It's all their name. And then for 25 to 50. You know, my coach used to say all the time, he said, You know, when you get to fit 35 30 units or more, you should have an assistant 100%. And and what's what, what I kind of learned in the mortgage space is it's getting over the hump, like going from going from doing zero to one transaction or zero to two transactions is a bear. Yes, but once you get to like three or four transactions and going from three to 3 to 5 or 5 to 7 it becomes a lot easier because you start to you start to in, you know start to invoke leverage yeah. and then you also start to invoke like well you've had how many customers in the past 12 months so, or this this year so far you've had like you said like 12 closings right mm-hmm. so how many people are on each side of those deals there's one on each side right so that's 24 that's 24 people that we could contact feasibly yeah how many realtors, if you wanted to build your team, because KW has a great um, rev share program, if you wanted to maybe en- enroll some some um, what I'm going to call you know attraction strategies, yeah, right. How many people are how many people are in those 12 transactions that you can contact to say, hey, have you have you talked have you have you heard about the KW have you heard about the KW opportunity? Yeah, there's 12 there. There's at least 12 people that did the mortgage business for it. Well, it may be the same person, it may not be. Yeah. Insurance business, all those different things. Um, and the only reason I, the only reason I even pushed that out there is because there's so many. Don't misinterpret what I'm about to say, but your generation, yep, yep. Right, which is different than my generation. We, we, we could say that there's probably a, diff, a diff, different, difference between our ages. Yes, your generation is go go go, yep, and look for the next deal, look for the next deal. But ironically enough, that was that was our generation, except we did it old school and we yeah. didn't have a choice. Yeah, now. Um, I think your generation is far better at um, creating leverage through technology and creating leverage through other people. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I had a VA from the Philippines and I had one from um, believe it or not from um, Bulgaria. And, yeah. Um, and also in, uh, I can't think of the other, the other country that it's um, Bolivia. I yeah. think of it. It's Bolivia because, and the reason being is because the people in the Philippines are on a reverse schedule. Yeah, half of my VAs will be half asleep most of the time because they'd be working a day job somewhere. Yeah, and then what we would start doing was going to Bolivia because English is their first language and they're on the same time zone. Ah, but you pay a little bit more for those for the VAs there, but they're actually a little better, a little better quality in some cases. Yeah, um, let me ask you this: if what do you think if, what's the one thing like Gary Keller, you know, you've heard the one thing yes, book, right? What's the one thing that if we, if we were able to find it, fix it, or put a hole, you know, plug the hole on it would help you to make a quantum jump in your business. Like, is it a person or is it a process or is it a, a lead gen strategy or um, what do you think the biggest thing right now is it? Where do you, where, where are you seeing the most friction in your business? I think my choke point really is Just
1: having a, I would say I'm looking for an operations person, someone Mm -hmm. to help me build these systems out better than I can, because I know what I'm good at and I know what, you know, I'm not good at.
0: What's your skill set? What's your superpower? Let me ask you that.
1: I would say it's just relationship building. It's problem solving. So, you know, it's putting out fires. It's calming clients down. It's finding solutions. Deals falling apart. You know, we're not, you know. We're not basically going to be scrambling. We're not going to be like, you know, I'm not going to be, you know.
0: Do you get involved in every transaction?
1: I do. So that's one of the things too. I do get involved in every single transaction. I do want to be a part of it. You know, I'm trying to get away from, you know having to have my hands on everything and wanting to be a part of everything and that's kind of sort of like the perfectionist and you know wanting to deliver like a great you know uh, customer experience and client experience but um, I'm slowly starting to move away from that but I do I'm looking for the right person Mm -hmm. to build out the marketing to build out the systems more and that is a bit of a choke because what I've Enable to teach, and what I've been able to get my team to be good at is really, you know, the servicing aspect of real okay. estate, you know, the relationship building, the negotiation. Can
0: I ask you a question about your uh, schedule? Yes. Can we do a little coaching? Are you open? To Are you open to the coaching? Of course. Um, do you have a day or a time in your schedule per day, uh, each day? that um is dedicated to work on your business versus in your business i would say well, let me ask you a different way do you know the <laughs> do you know the difference between
1: yes working
0: on your business versus in your business 100 percent. yes yes so yes. define that for the people that don't know Yep. Yeah. so you know i
1: mean going to your close going to your open houses going to your closings going to the showings that going to the photography shoots, that's working in your business, you know, working on your business is the next level, you know, that's when you're building the systems, that's when you're, you know, you, you're hiring, you're, you know, you're getting, you're, you're creating your brand, everything.
0: So when do you do that, uh, Kenny?
1: That is, you know, that's a very good question, Sean, and that's a very good point. um I don't do it every day. It's only when it's necessary, when you know it comes up, and when I find those breaks and those free times, and when like that, like insight hits me, and like, hey, this is something we. So have when to that make- happens,
0: do you call the emergency squad or the fire department? <laughs> because because right now, what you just said is, yeah. I only do it when I have to, or I only do it in the case of an emergency. I break the glass and I sit down and I do it. Agreed. Very so, good point, Sean. So, very good point. Um, I had a very, very, very good friend and coach and mentor who, yeah. his office will do um, about uh, 1,500, 2,000 transactions a year. Wow. He owns a, uh, a small franchise office of uh, Century 21 wow. down in uh, Hilton Head or whatever. And the guy's name is Greg. He's about my age. And I still remember Greg said to me, he goes, he goes, the most valuable thing that I do in my entire business is. Once a day, I grab my lunch, I go in my office, I lock my door, I take a yellow pad and I put it on my desk. And after I have my lunch, I turn the light out in my office and I sit quiet for about 20 or 30 minutes. Usually it's about 20. And he goes, when I come out, I write down whatever I thought about. And he goes, and then on Fridays, I call it Freedom Fridays, which I still call my Friday, Freedom Friday. I go in the office. I If I didn't get to, by the way, when I got in the mortgage space, people said, oh my God, it's totally different than the real estate business, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally different. My schedule in the real estate business. Yeah. Get up at four o'clock, go yeah. do my affirmations, do my goals, write them out, do right. I would write out my script every day, whatever script I was going to do for that week. My coach had me write it out by hand and then fax it to him. If he didn't get it by eight o'clock it cost me a hundred bucks. Nice. Then I would role play with somebody in the morning from another area or two people or go to the gym, work out, be back to my house. um, And then get on the phone, typically get on the phone by seven 45 and be on the phone until 12 o'clock with the intention of making 30 contacts a day. Good. Mortgage business. Yep, I get up at 3.30 because my kids is now, it's the quiet time when my kids are not awake. My dog is even awake. I do I do my affirmations. I write out some goals. I go to the gym, I come back, I get in my office at 7.30 after I drop off my kids 7.45. And what do I do? I, I write out my script. I write out a little dialogue that I'm gonna do for that day. And then I get on the phone and I make with the intention of making 30 contacts. <laughs> Exactly the same. Nothing's changed <laughs> except yeah, that yeah. the, you know, the target has changed. So, yeah. so, but one thing that has changed is, is probably much like you, if I didn't get to my contacts on Monday to Thursday, I leave Friday morning as like my, like the contacts I didn't get through. That's the day I have to make them
1: yeah.
0: up my commitment to myself, but after one o'clock it's freedom Friday. So I don't care what's going on. I take from one o'clock until typically about three 30, and that's when I work on and, and really what I got, I've gotten pretty good at now is um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Mojo. Um, I, I, I have, dial-er? Yep. yep. I've been using it since day one, since David created it. And um, now what I've got, I've forced myself to do is not carry a pen. And when, if we talk about something like, Oh, that's a great idea. I should really implement that. Yeah. I'll put it as a task in my schedule. And then on my, my time block that I have for Friday Mm -hmm. I'll go into that, I'll go into that day's time block and write, you know, implement website strategy or implement whatever, whatever platform and put it in there for that day. So it's, it's a scheduled time and that, believe it or not, prospecting time, and I call it money time, Yeah, prospecting time and that time to work in your business versus on your business versus in your business is more important to prospect. Um, And then like you're talking about, uh, creating systems or whatever, or putting a, you know, having an operations, operations report, if you will. Um, the guy's name is Campbell, um, who actually teaches the, um, he teaches the disk and um, how to build a team and how to build when they were doing, um, and KW has um, like satellite teams. I forget what they call them. There's a name for it. I, I just can't think of it. But he was the guy who, he was the guy who actually created the manual for doing it and how to build a team. And yeah. what's interesting is I would challenge you in the future that instead of adding most people, like if I ask you, what is the order? If I want to build a team, what is the order of the people that I should hire? Who was the first person you hired? You're supposed
1: to hire admin. I hired a uh, buyer's agent. What do you, well, no, but what do you do after you hire the admin? You're supposed to hire another admin or a, Buyer's agent. Why do you hire? No, not, not, or it's why would you hire another admin, by the way? Basically, you know, the first admin is supposed to support the first. Let me
0: me tell you instead of asking you, (laughs) because I'm going to bring it back to what you said a minute ago. Okay. If you remember what you said, how much of your business comes from your center of influence past customers? 60, 70% of it. 60, 70% of it. And let's just say, for argument's sake, you do 36 units at even if there were 800 a piece that's that's 24 million 25 million dollars 25 million dollars At at just at, let's let's just say it's six thousand six hundred thousand dollars five hundred thousand dollars yep so five hundred thousand dollars times 65 percent I'm not real good in math but that's why I got on the mortgage side yep we're gonna just say you know we're just gonna say okay 300 and change yep right so through like 35 30, three hundred fifty thousand dollars came from your past client center of influence how important are those fairly um, important most important it's the whole so here's what here's what the strategy is is you hire you hire the administrative person that is basically like a personal assistant and an operations person that person for me became a closing coordinator and transactional coordinator by the way that personality type is the amiable because in order to get to your level where you are you're you're an analytical driver without question you Mm -hmm. have to be in order to be able to do what you do You can't you can't wear all those hats and do it at the same time without being that personality type. Yeah. So what you need is the person that loves everybody, cares about everybody, but also knows how to manage and process. And usually that person is a housewife or house mom, a nurse, a teacher, a grandmother, um, somebody who's raised children and also operated a household at the same time so they can manage all it. Mike Ferry used to tell us that um, it was it was actually his coach's coach. It was a guy named Earl Nightingale who said, you know, the definition of success is the progressive realization of a worthwhile goal or worthy ideal. And I said, well, what does that look like? He goes, oh, that's simple. He goes, it's like trying to juggle like juggle eggs with one standing on one foot in a hammock. You know, yeah. it's pretty much what it looks like. So why would I hire, why would I recommend hiring the next person being an administrative person is they're really not an administrator. Really what they are is sales support. Correct. And what that person they're should they're do. Logging
1: on the clients.
0: When you're, well, no. When you're, when you're on the phone and you're calling, new business. Yep. Okay, which is what would be new business for you? I mean, what do you think?
1: It's like a new listing that just came in, like a referral. Mm-hmm. A no, no.
0: Fire. New business would be just listed. Just, just new business would be somebody you've never talked to before, but cold leads. Yeah. Cold but warm. So here's the difference between a cold lead. A cold lead is just take out the phone book and start at A and go through it. Yeah. Right. Or start on one end of the town and go through it. Exactly. As okay. you get, as you get better at it, what you start doing is going like what I did with the town of Hoboken. Yep. I increased my price point by 35% in less than 12 months. Nice. And, and, and did less, less business, but made more money. And the way we did it though, was I, I said, okay, the Hoboken is a grid. It's 10 blocks exactly. long, 15 blocks deep or whatever it was. Yep. And I said to my assistant one day, I went to an event and I said, listen, take a yellow pin. And everybody that, everybody that closed at the average price point in town put a yellow pin in it on the map, on the wall, right? I said, everybody who would, was 100 grand over the average price point put a green pin. And I said, anybody who was under the average price point put a red pin. So now if I sold the house and it was on 3rd and Madison, instead of me starting at 3rd and Madison where all the red pins were, I would go to the first closest area where the green pins were Yeah. And I would start there and work my way back to the listing and say, Hey, I just want to let you know. Hey, Kenny, I just want to let you know, we just sold a house in your area. It's a two bedroom, two bath and sold for X amount of dollars. And we know usually one sells, two more will sell right away. And I was wondering, when do you plan on moving? Oh my God. (laughs) Right. So, but, but now what you're in doing is increasing your average, you're, it's, you're increasing the amount of, the amount of calls, the higher probability, because those people are in, by the way, then we start getting good at it. We would say, only give me the phone numbers of the people that have been there for more than five years.
1: Yeah,
0: right. So now I know that they're more than likely they're going to sell sooner. Right? Yeah, but where the where the other administrator comes in, where it's key for you especially is that person can be someplace in the Philippines, can be anywhere. Yeah, really, what that person is doing is calling your center of your center of your past customers. Hey, Kenny, just wanted to follow up with you. I'm I'm the account manager for our our team. I just wanted to see if there's anything you need in your real estate business right now or what your real estate needs right now. Well, you know, we're good right now. No. Well, do you know anybody in your family, your friends or in the church or or in your your local house of worship that actually may be interested in buying or selling a house in the next 90 days? Yeah. Oh, we haven't really thought of that. But, But you know that every time we sell one in your neighborhood, it makes your house go up in value. Really? Oh, well, you know, the lady next door is sleeping with the mailman. Her husband doesn't know, but she's probably going to sell soon. Yep. <laughs> Don't kid yourself. We would get that phone call. So after you hire, after you hire the sales support person, what do you think? What do you, what will be the next person you think or the next piece of the puzzle you would probably want to implement?
1: You're finally getting to, you know, a buyer's agent, a listing specialist. I wouldn't even hire a buyer's agent, not in this market. Showing the agents.
0: That's not even right. pay to play, right? What's what's the difference between a showing agent? What's the difference between a showing agent and an actual an actual buyer's agent? You're giving
1: them, you know, you're paying them per hour per showing, you know. So that right. cuts a lot of expenses. And I know a lot of top agents are really implementing that game hard. hard. The,
0: the hair, the handcuff is though, is that yeah. they're not committed to you, and you're not committed to them. Percent, which so is reserved thing, but right. Yeah. So it's a I never. I never subscribed to that. I was, my intention was let me help the people that helped me hundred percent. And I, you know, I can honestly tell you the hardest decision I had to make was when I was going to implode my business and retire my administrator who was with me, she was like my second mother. She was with me for like eight years. She was raising her, her grandson, who's now like 12 and she was in her seventies, you know? And I, and I said like, okay, well, what is, what is she going to do when I retire? And we found her position or whatever. But what's interesting is, you know, you know, there's like two dichotomies. It's, it's either you have a great relationship with your team and you're like a family or it's a complete polar opposite where don't get close to them. So if you need to yell at them or cut them loose or whatever, and I'm not a big fan of that one. Not at all. So how do you, um, what do you think you can do? If I asked you, what is your next one, two, or three things that you're going to implement to help you to. Blow up your business to the next level. I really liked your insight that you just put that
1: you just you know for the second admin and really more so to find someone to take care of the past clients and everything. And I like that insight with you know the type of person we're looking for is really more like motherly or you know homey. I feel like that's a very good insight. Well, that's
0: that's that position which is customer facing. Yes, hundred percent. The other person, believe it or not, is not. Yeah, The person, that internal person or that, that sales support person, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's really, it's really very, they're usually very analytical or very digital. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so in, um, in your business right now, what do you think takes the most time for you, um, after you communicate with somebody that you're going to, let's say, let's say for a buyer, for that matter, let's say a buyer, what do you think is the most, most intensive piece of that, that piece?
1: I would say with buyers, it's just a lot of follow-up. It's a lot, of, you know, it's a lot of, um, you know it's a lot of prepping them. It's a lot of, you know, setting expectations, you know but they still have to go through their motions most of the time. And it is a tougher market because of the low inventory out here at least out in Queens and New York city for the most part. there's It's a tougher, you know, low inventory price points are pretty high interest rates are a little higher. So you're getting them over that hump and getting them to realize, you know you know, what their needs and wants are, but it's, it's, it's really just a follow-up, you know, it's just mm-hmm. going through the motions.
0: Do you have that conversation um, with each individual person, the same conversation over and over?
1: Yeah, you know, more more or less, I feel like, you know, my experience with, with buyers and customers, clients are, it's always gonna be a little different for each one, but, you know, the gist of it is you do want at that first initial meeting, at that buyer's consultation, you want them to be prepared, they have to know what the market's like. They ha-
0: you do want them. Oh to- wait a minute! You said something interesting there. You have a buyer consultation. Hundred percent. Yes. Always. Tell me yes. more about that.
1: Yeah. So you know, like, let's say, hey, you know, Sean, you have a friend that you're re- referring, recommending to me. You know, we're gonna set up a time. I'm gonna. Give them a call. We'll set up a time, see if they are, you know, whether it's zoom or we'll grab a cup of coffee, we'll sit down 30 minutes, 45 minutes. It usually goes over that. But, you know, we try to set it to like, Hey, you know, let's sit down for 30, 40 minutes. That way we can go over all the next steps of the purchase, the house buying process. And we'll be able to answer any questions you have. And, you know, we'll be able to come up with a game plan to successfully help you buy a home. You does,
0: know, your buy VA, does your VA get involved in that conversation at all? Nope. So that's all me. And does your VA they're all me or Rachel, my bias agent? So does, we, does your VA have an accent or do they speak really good English?
1: I would say it's a eight out of 10. Okay. But at the same time, you know, so these are the parts where it's like, Hey, it's the beginning of the relationship. So I use it as like a relationship builder where like, I'm getting to know them. I'm getting to know what's important to them. Let me ask you a question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be devil's advocate. Because sure. if somebody did this for me, and then I changed yep. my po- I changed my procedure. Hundred percent. were talking about process, right? Yeah. So, have you been to the doctor lately? Yes. Where'd you go? What kind of doctor did you go to? Family doctor. Family doctor checkup. Yep. Yep. When you walked in, did the, 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 the doctor come out and put your information into the computer? Nope. No, there was <laughs> there was somebody there, and what was that? person? I ended was up it? waiting thirty minutes for them. Just to... right, but, the, but the lady with the front desk though, there was, she was just a she was just an administrator, right? Yep, the administrator. Right, yeah. right. And then, and then after you went into the room, and some lady came in and said, "Here, yeah. take Thank your clothes sure. off and put this thing on." Right, and yeah. it was like a There's, like, it was like a, t- way, a t- 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 paper, blood pressure. Yes. Right, so, all that stuff. Right,
1: yeah. and and
0: when she came in, she did what they call triage. Right, and she checked all your vitals. She checked all your temperatures. She checked all that stuff. Hundred percent. And 100%. when the surgeon came in, by the way, who gets paid the most? The doctor. Yeah. The doctor. When the guy, when the doctor came in, how long was he in there for?
1: Five minutes.
0: Five, maybe <laughs> 10, maybe 10. Maybe. So awesome. in a, in a very early portion of my career, I actually sold doctor's offices because nice. I met a doctor who was buying and selling doctor's offices. He was combining. And he taught me something pretty interesting. He said, you know, you can figure out the value of a, a doctor's office by the amount of triage rooms they have. And I was okay. like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah. well, it takes the average person 10 minutes to take their clothes off. It takes another 10 minutes for the girl to do triage. It takes five minutes for me to go in and do what I got to do. And it takes another 15 minutes for them to get the room cleaned up and prep for the next person. So from front to back, it's about, it's about 35, 40 minutes, whatever that number is. Right. Yeah. And he goes, but you can't put another person in that triage room for 30 minutes. And if I'm only going to see somebody for five minutes of the 35, how many triage rooms do I need? And I, Mm -hmm. because I'm smart in math, I go, I don't know, like six or seven. He goes, yep. He goes, you're my guy. And that's when I ended up being his realtor because I realized what he basically made it abundantly clear to me was he only does what makes him the most money. 100%. Right. And that's only five minutes of the 35 minutes that that room is going to get used. Right. He only needs to be in there five minutes. So what I started doing was my, my, uh, my, and by the way, my, um, Abby, who was my assistant, we we'll call you up. Say, "Hey, Kenny, how are you? I just want to. I just want to ask you a few questions before Sean comes out to see you tonight at four o'clock. Are you okay? Can I get five minutes of your time? Yeah, sure. I just want to make sure that we're fully prepared when he comes out to see you to list your house for sale. Well, I, I, I don't know. If he's going to list my house. Well, no, that's fine. We just want to make sure, and just in case you do, but when you do want to list your house, we want to make sure we're ready. Yeah. So, right from the get-go, she's using suggestive language to say that Sean's going to list your house when he comes out to see you. I love that. That's, that's right.
1: Yeah.
0: And now, and now, what you're going to do is have. By the way how attached to the outcome is your administrator versus you? When you ask the question, Hey, if what I say makes sense, and you're confident, comfortable, I can get your home sold. Are you ready to sell your house? When I come out to see you, when you say it, you're almost going to be a little bit hesitant because you don't want to know the answer when your administrator says it though. Yeah. It's just they're they're just doing what they're told to read the script. Yeah. Right. So that's beautiful right there. Yes. That's, I mean, that, that would be, that would be piece one, and by the way, like, how many times do you think you have to communicate with somebody before they're gonna make a decision to hire you? Quite a few times. You have to used to be six to seven times. Now it's about eight to twelve. I would say so. Right? Yeah. At least. So how many times do you contact me after you set an appointment to come out to look at my house?
1: Usually at least like four or five
0: times, yeah. Okay. How about if I'm gonna buy a house? More. So you said it a minute ago, right? You said, I'm going to send you some information. I'm going to set up an appointment. On um, yeah. what days, on um, what days do you do those appointments for the triage? And by the way, those are appointments that you're going to say, I would, if it was me, what's your assistant's name? Your VA? Ariane. Arianne. Hey, you know, I just want to let you know, Arianne's going to be following up with you. She usually does those calls, maybe one in three or two and four. Which one of those works better for you? Two or four? Okay, great. We'll set it up for two or four. And if she calls you and uh, she's going to ask you a bunch of questions, don't worry, it's just normal. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're able to get you the best possible situation for your needs. Um, you do want to get the, you do want to get the best price for your house right Absolutely And you want to do it at the lowest cost right and the least amount of stress Uh-huh okay, great just make sure you give her all the answers. Yep. okay great, I'll see you at four o'clock right So yep. that would be that would be first touch. Second touch is right after I hang up the phone with you I would send you a video a video of my of me saying, hey just want to put a face to a name it's Sean, I just, I can't wait to meet with you. And I'm looking forward to getting your house on the market, getting it sold. Thanks. If you need anything, just chat me back. Right. So that's, that's touch number two. Number three is we send you an email behind it that says, oh my God, it's so great meeting you. By the way, you can always communicate with us here. Please save this email into your, into your, into your spam filter so that we don't get stuck in spam. Yeah. That's number four within 24 hours. Hey, just want to let you know, I text you and say hey my assistant just sent you the CMA it's a, it's in an email there's also a virtual presentation in there and if you, and by the way if you get a knock at the door don't worry it's just my assistant dropping off a hard copy too we have a lot of customers that rather actually touch the paper and feel it yep that becomes number 6 and number 7 by the time I come see you my goal is always the same is to have you 55 to 60% closed before I show up it's beautiful yeah so that you know when people say what is your closing ratio it, mine was 85% for the most part on a listing presentation. And by the way, if any one of those didn't line up, yeah, I didn't go. Mm. Like if you say to me, I, I don't know if I'm ready to go. Well, great. You know, you mentioned that you had to be in LA and you would go immediately go back to motivation. Yep. Right. Because how many, maybe not you, because you're a better agent than most, how many agents go do the Hey, you know, I, I told them I was going to be in the neighborhood and they said, great, stop on buying, look at my house. Yep. And they do. And then they find out. Happen. They don't do any pre, you know. Yep. Yeah. So do you have a, do you have a buyer presentation as well as a seller presentation? I do. Yes. You do. And, um, and when you send it out, do you send it out hard copy, digital, both, neither? Digital. Digital. Usually after the appointment, you do want to send them something just
1: to reiterate everything and like, hey, you know, reiterate all the points, what they're looking for, everything like that.
0: You know, through an email. And you speak multiple languages, also. I do. Yes. Korean or uh, Chinese. Chinese Mandarin or Cantonese. Both. Both. Wow, that's impressive. And now, does your does does your uh, buyer agent also speak? She um, does. Okay. So out of that, in that in that particular microcosm. How much of your market is is Chinese based? I would say it's 50%. Wow. You're a guy. Yes, it's a very strong. They are, they are the most the most aggressive negotiators. Yeah. Um, so you have to be quick
1: with them. So that's kind of the key with the Asian market is so tell
0: that- me more about that. What do you mean by quick?
1: You have to be very responsive. You know, they're calling you. They want to see this. They want to see it right now. They want to see it tomorrow. If you're not carrying <laughs> on that, they're calling someone else. Right. And you have to really get their trust to build on that loyalty. But once you do, they're sending all their friends and family to you. So you right. do by them. They just trust you. For, do you, you do know, events
0: for for, uh, for your past customers and service
1: i've done my first um client appreciation event in 2021 we're trying to set something up where we're working on something for the summer
0: and um yeah if do I you do them be, around events or do you do them around like like i know uh, red day is i think the 19th or something for yes, KW? yes yes um you know we just try to plan it out like i use um,
1: you know my goal is to do two next year and mm-hmm. do two at least one this year, but it's really just you know it's for me it's just like hey, really client appreciation and really just giving thanks. Yeah, just giving back. Yeah, giving back to the to clients that we've helped.
0: So here's the question I ask everybody when I kind of wrap this up. And by the way, thanks for playing with me. It's a you know it's always fun to like, I, I built probably seven or eight teams over the years and imploded them and gone nice. from one extreme to the other. Nice. Job. Um, And I think the hardest thing sometimes is. Is um, knowing what pieces to let go and what yeah. pieces to hang on to. Yeah. You know, for like everybody wants to outsource their marketing and their their lead generation. You know, like it's yep. a, a dial the phone. And I'm like, that's like the gas in the car. Why would you get, Why would you outsource the gas in the car if that's going to make you yeah. the most money? Yeah. Um, so you're I take I take everything away from you except your knowledge and your experience. I give you a cell phone, and I give you 500 bucks, and I kick you out of the plane. And you land in some market somewhere, what do you do to start your business again?
1: I'm going to door knock.
0: Right, gonna door knock. I'm going to door knock right away and then I'm going to get a VA. So, you are, are, do you door knock now? I'm curious. Thank do. You. you do. Okay. So, tell us more about that because most people are scared to death of door knocking. Yeah. Um, so, when, when you door knock, do you door knock in specific areas or you door knock around your listings, your sales? Yeah. So we usually door knock
1: around all those things before the open house, after the open house, drop off flyers, inviting to the open house, telling them about like, hey, your neighbor just sold. We had a bunch of buyers come in, you know, we had a, you know, the lines, we had a whole list of and just getting their, you know, interest from
0: there. Um how many, um, how many people can you get to an hour typically or two hours? So it's a little bit, um, we usually get
1: through in an hour, we usually get around four blocks. Which mm-hmm. is about is about 20 to 30 houses per block. So you know, on average it'd be like 120, 100 houses or so. Right. I would say that about 20 30, 20% of them we do get to speak to. Okay. On average. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: You know, just for the people that are like in the Midwest or something, I mean yeah. your your houses are 12 feet apart for the most part from door to door, mm-hmm. um, 15 feet apart. And they're usually attached on one side or maybe both sides in some cases. Exactly. exactly. So um, and then so you would door knock and you would go start your business that way again. And um, what's the one thing that you think um, from our conversation that you would either either upgrade, delete, or implement?
1: I would say there's a bunch of things. I got a lot of great insights from you, Sean. So I really appreciate that. I think this was a really great call. Um, definitely 100%. I'm going to look, be looking more into just more identify and kind of refining those roles for the vas and really getting mm-hmm. you know the two different aspects to it as well as you know like you mentioned the hardest part is knowing what to get let go of yeah actually letting go so that is something <laughs> that i do
0: know i have to work on and that really is a next step yeah i you know it's there's an expression called i don't know if you ever read the book it's called failing forward it's, on, it's, yeah. it's oh. a it's a great book um it, and it talks basically it, it basically talks about how we learn a hell of a lot more from the things we don't get right than we do get right
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, the ones we get like if you get a listing you leave and you get in the car and you go home and you go hey i'm gonna be home any minute i got a listing great yep. But when you don't get the listing and you spent like a week preparing for it you yeah. get yourself up all the way home going what did i do what did i not do oh my god you know um so i think That's it's the best way to that. learn you know the best agents they fail
1: thousands of times even more than the agents that have even tried
0: no, nope. I still have, I still have scars somewhere, but that's okay. Kenny, yeah. listen, uh, it has been a pleasure. I mean, you know what, your clients are actually lucky to have you, um, your team is. Okay. Um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend anybody who is in, you know, in the New York area, in the Brooklyn, Queens area, that is actually looking to um, get involved in a team, become, you know, become somebody that's mentored or coached. Um, top producer Kenny is looking for some people. Uh, you may want to apply. If they're going to send you a resume or if they're going to call you, where do they call you? I can
1: hundred percent You can reach out to me at 646-552-1367. You can also just Google my name, Kenny Ing, and you know, get my email websites, everything like that. Instagram. What's your
0: website, Ken? Uh it's the kennyingteam.com Okay, it's K-E-N-N-Y-E-N-G. mcom Again, yes. K-E-N-N-Y-E-N-G team. T-E-A-M dot Yes. Ken, always a pleasure, man. I do appreciate wow. you coming in, and uh, you know we're gonna follow up in ninety days just we'll see where the, you know, if it if it if it went forwards, backwards, or it got <laughs> you know, it got bigger or smaller. But in yes. way, it's all progression. It's all good. Thank all you, right. Sean. We'll see you later, man. Appreciate it.